Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. It's Tuesday, October 6, 2020. We're brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill, best dentist I've ever gone to. The only dentist I've gone to since 1993. Colin, take advantage of having the best dentist in the world right here in our backyard. 317-849-2933 is the number. It's a Tuesday. That must mean Nick Sirianni, the offensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts. He joins us. Coach, thanks for taking the time. First question I got. It seems like teams that you're playing against are kind of figuring it out, and we're seeing an evolution in the schematics against you guys. Do you notice that? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Every every uh, defensive coach and defensive coordinator has uh, has different philosophies, different things they like to do, um, and you know, and, and that's and that's a unique challenge each week in itself. Uh, you know, it's. It's, it's probably similar for the defensive guys too. You know, offense coordinators, offensive play callers uh, have their own identity, and um, we definitely we definitely think about that each week. You know, we we want to do what we do well, yes, but also that fits against what the defense is doing. So it's a fine line uh, that you don't get too far out of your out of who you are, um, but we definitely have to account for what the defense is doing and how we want to attack them. Obviously, you guys want to run the football, and you run the football a lot. When you've got a lead, you're going to run the football a lot. But right now, the Colts last in the NFL in yards per carry. How much of that is a function of the way the offensive line blocks, and how much of that is circumstances kind of beyond their control? You know, we're doing the things we need to do to win the football game. So that, you know, that is, you know, you, you mentioned the kneel downs and stuff like that. You know, it's also, it's also four-minute uh, four minute runs at times, you know, where those aren't going <clears> to, <throat> you're going against a very heavy box. You're um, the ba- box is stacked against you. You don't have, you have one less guy than th- that you can block or pardon me. You have, they have one more guy than you can block. So, I mean, I th- and we've been in four minute mode the last, the last three weeks. So I think that definitely plays into it as well. Um, and speaking of four minute, I just thought that was a phenomenal four minute drive that we had the other day. I mean, we had the ball for almost, almost eight minutes at the end of the game and and those you know yes we'd love for one of them to break out and we were close a couple times um but to keep ahead of the sticks to keep the chains moving um i think we're in a good position i i'm not i'm not concerned about it i know i know some of these runs will start to to break out of there and and get some explosive runs uh more more so than what we've been getting how much do you guys self-scout and and discover that because of your tendencies maybe you're tipping your hand to the defense that is something that's constantly on our minds. We know we know how we look at defenses, you know, and we know how our defenses look at, at other teams. Like, and so we don't want to we don't want to tip our hand anyway. I mean, in any sport, you're right. You don't want to you don't want to let the, the the person trying to defend you any little tell. Like, we're obsessed with we're really obsessed with that, and I really learned that a lot of that from Frank. Um, you know, when we were together in San Diego, just being obsessive about hey. We don't have any tells here, right? The tackle's not giving anything away. The back's not giving anything away. Our tendencies aren't giving anything away. Like, it, 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 it amazes you how much, how much we look at um, and how much we think about that. Parks Frazier does a phenomenal job of giving us our tendencies, you know, when we start the week. You know, and that's a matter of fact, that's the meeting I'm about to go to after we talk right here, just talking through tendencies and how we cover tendencies and, and this and that. So, uh, a huge part of what we do, um, a huge thought of what we do. Um, you know, just as much as we think about plays and about players for our team and their team, we think about our tendencies and how we, um, 
can break any tendency we have that would tip our hand. Why isn't Jonathan Taylor the guy in the backfield? When Marlon Mack went down, a lot of us thought, hey, you know what, this means that Jonathan Taylor is going to get 25 carries a game. That's not happening. Is that because you don't want to overwhelm the rookie, or is that because you guys love Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins? I think that's, you know, it's just our same philosophy we have with with other players. Like, we want to we want to spread it around. We want to keep guys fresh. Um, we want to do what the player does best. Um, so I think it's a combination of everything, uh, Chappie, that, that we just want to, you know, keep all those three things I just said. Um, and so have a ton of confidence in Jonathan. Um, and he could carry the ball 25 times a game. But we just have a lot of confidence in the other guys as well. And they do things they do things uh, really well also. And we want to we want to let them shine as well um, and keep everybody fresh. And keep an impression in the fourth quarter. He got he has seven carries, and he's sort of the reason that that, that drive worked. Yeah, that no no doubt. Like the, those defensive guys aren't getting a break, um, right? And they're 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 still having to tackle Jonathan Jordan and and Naheem, and then Jonathan comes back in fourth quarter with that with that big uh, four minute drive, and it's it, it gets harder and harder to tackle them. So one hundred percent, great great question. On social media, we saw a lot of Philip Rivers kind of giving Roquan Smith the business from a trash talk perspective. Does he ever go over the line? What do you think about the trash talk? I think Philip's an extremely smart player, and he knows he does. He he know like I heard what Frank said too. He's gotten to the line, uh, it gotten close to the line, but I think he knows when. Hey, I'm I'm almost over the line, and he knows how to pull back. He's extremely smart, not only in as a football player, but just as a social awareness as well. So, um, yeah, I think I've definitely seen it. That that's not the, that wasn't my first rodeo with him right there, watching him and Roquan kind of go at it a little bit. Roquan's a heck of a football player. He made a lot of plays in that game. I got a lot of respect for him, and I know Philip does as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's just who Philip is. That's his unique personality, and. Uh, and I don't believe he crossed the line, and I haven't seen him cross the line, uh, even though at some points he, he, we might think he's, he's close. And we all know that Philip doesn't swear, says dead gummit all the time. Do you, if you do swear, do you censor yourself when you're around him? No, I, I censor myself because uh, my dad would not have it any other way. <laughs> and he still, he still gets on me about that. So, um, no, yeah, so... Yeah, I try. I, I don't. I'm not a big cursor myself either. So, uh, yeah. And my dad listens to this interview, so I wouldn't admit it if I did. Through four games, I think DeForest Buckner has been awesome as a defensive tackle. What are your thoughts on Buckner? And and as you guys, as the offense prepares maybe against DeForest Buckner, what's it like to practice against him? Yeah, that, that's that's a good question. You know, more so than not, he's not on our scout team, giving us reps. Um, so I can only speak to when he was, uh, when we were playing against him in training camp and my, I just really, I just really value a player on the defensive side of the football. That's, that's good because it makes your players better when you practice hard, the way we practice and you compete the way our guys compete, um, a good player like DeForest, yes, obviously it's going to cause you some nightmares, but it's going to make, it's going to also make you better. It's going to prepare you as a coach for when you're going against a, a dominating inside tackle, right? It's going to prepare you as a player 
when you're going against one of those dominating guys. And there's there's not a lot of guys in the NFL like him. So we're 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 seeing the elite of the of the elite in in DeForest in practice, you know, particularly in training camp, that just elevates our level of play. You know, I you know, he's just he's just got that where he you know, some people elevate the level, you know, Philip can elevate the level of play of his players by him playing well. And DeForest is, you know, elevates the level of our players by, you know, posing the problem um, during practice. So big time, big time as the offense coordinator value that for our offense. And sure as heck happy he's on our team on Sunday and we're not blocking him on Sunday because he's a heck of a football player. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. That's Nick Sirianni, offensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts. Colts offense has been good enough, right? What does good enough mean? Let's talk about good enough. Let's talk about what these Indianapolis Colts are right now and what we expect of them moving forward. Earlier today at KentSterling.com, I wrote about this. Four reasons why this is not a Super Bowl team. That doesn't mean we don't love them. That doesn't mean we don't see bright skies ahead for the Indianapolis Colts. I think the Colts have positioned themselves to be the team of this decade if they can take advantage of situations that will allow them to succeed at a level where you would say, okay, you know what? Franchise of the decade. Anyway, here are the four reasons. I don't think they're ready for a Super Bowl. Number one, we're four games in. It's one quadrant. And granted, three and one is really, really good. That's what, You're happy going three and one. You go three and one four times, you're 12 and four. That's just simple basic math, right? You can go to Indiana University and learn that kind of math. Anyway, at 3-1, and one, what have we learned? We learned that the Colts in week one, they weren't good enough to beat the Jaguars. Jacksonville's not good. Then they turn around and beat the Vikings. That was a pretty good win. That was okay, but the Vikings still not ranked in the upper half of NFL teams. Then in week three, they play the worst team in the NFL, and it's not close to New York Jets. And then in week four, they go up to Chicago and play against the Bears, but they have a couple of breaks go their way. They hit some kicks, and they walk away with a 19-11 win over what was perhaps the worst 3-0 team maybe in the history of the NFL. So what have we really learned from those four games where we could project success against a playoff-bound team? None of these teams that the Colts have played so far go to the playoffs. There's no chance that the Bears, Jets, Vikings, and Jaguars are going to sit be sitting at home in January on their asses, eating bonbons, drinking beers, watching everybody else play. But they're not going to be playing. That's what we've learned from those four games, that the Colts are good enough to beat bad teams. Number two, Phillip Rivers is not an elite quarterback. Off the top of my head, I can name at least 10 quarterbacks who are better than Phillip Rivers, and are are going to put their teams in a position where they can win games in the fourth quarter because of their ability to throw the football, and that's something that Phillip Rivers does not have. I love him. I think he's a great dude. I'm really, really happy he's here with the Colts, but you know what? He hadn't gone to a, C- a Super Bowl, and there's a reason why. Uh, let me think of the quarterbacks off the top of my head where I say, you know what? All right. I'd rather have this guy than Phillip Rivers. Patrick Mahomes, that's easy. Uh, Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Dak Prescott, that's easy. Tom Brady, Breeze, Jackson. Uh, Russell Wilson, certainly. Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, uh, Kyler Murray, there. Uh, Josh Allen, all right? What is that? Is that 10? Might have been 11. I don't know. 
but they're just off the top of my head. Those are quarterbacks that I would rather have leading my offense in the fourth quarter of a game where we've got to figure out a way to put points on the board. I'd rather have those guys. I think Phillip Rivers has done a really nice job so far through four games. He's only thrown the three picks. Two of them led to their only loss, right? One of them, they overcame. No big deal. Then against the Bears, right, Khalil Mack drops what would have been a pick and could have changed the entire game. Phillip Rivers is a guy who's going to allow you to beat teams that you're better than, but he's not going to be able to overcome your limitations in order to beat teams. That's who Phillip Rivers is. And that is what's got to happen in January going into February that's going to allow you to go to a Super Bowl again. He'd been a starting quarterback since 2006 and has never gone to a Super Bowl. And the reason is all about him, not necessarily about the San Diego Chargers. Uh, the offensive line's health. This is the third reason. Then you're never going to be able to make it through a season. Uh, not a second consecutive season with the same five guys starting every game. Anthony Costanzo, he's got a rib. I don't know whether he's going to be able to play against Cleveland on Sunday. We're going to see. But I'm telling you, man, if you lose a couple of these guys, the Colts think really highly of Danny Pitter, the uh, fifth-round guy out of Ball State. He's kind of a Joe Haig plug-and-play type guy. The Colts lost Haig via free agency. They picked up Danny Pitter. Okay, but what do they have at left tackle? If Anthony Costanzo cannot play, they've got LaRaven Clark next up. LaRaven Clark, I think, had his best camp as an Indianapolis Colt. But is he going to help you win a Super Bowl? Is he going to help you win playoff uh, games? No, he is not. And and then the fourth reason is the opponents are going to adjust. And you can see it already. And you saw it this past Sunday in Chicago where the Bears were loading up the box with eight guys. It, it wasn't on the offensive line. People are saying that the offensive line is mediocre. It's not living up to the standards and expectations that it set last year. That's crazy. Teams are loading up the box with eight. You can't block eight with five. You just can't. Tomorrow, and, and look, you know what? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm not wrong, almost ever, about this kind of stuff. The Colts, they have flaws. Their inability to throw the ball deep and stretch a defense is going to cost them moving forward. It's going to make them uh, a team that's capable of winning their division, but they are never going to a Super Bowl with this kind of one-dimensional offense. That's just the way it is. That's the way I see it. And again, at the end of November, if if the Colts are like 10-2, and two, you know what? Screw me. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but I don't think that's going to happen. Breakfast with Kent tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock on Facebook Live, about 8.15 on Periscope and Twitter. We will talk to you then.